Life is beautiful and complicated. But the good news is it gets even less complicated and more beautiful, albeit more chaotic as we grow. So why not grab a drink and let's enjoy the chaos together. Hey y'all. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Enjoy the Chaos. That's right. And if you are lucky enough to have caught Sarah's episode before it disappears, <laughs> you are lucky. <laughs> right. This will be a return of our friend Sarah Cornwell. Yes. Um, and if not, then this is welcome. Yes. Sarah <laughs> welcome. Welcome. So Sarah, by trade, is a licensed clinical yeah. social worker. That's correct. Um, and so she's going to chat with us today about happiness yes. being a choice. Um, yes. Because in addition to being um, a professional at being happy, she's just an overall happy, positive person. That's right. Thank Don't you. you see her? I mean, hello. She's I tried not to stop smiling since she's entered the building. <laughs> I love it. It's a nice way to be. It is. It um, is. It's, it's so contagious, too. That's right. Yeah. Um, and in honor of that, we have a happy little cocktail. Little yes. Cocktail, busy, busy. Um, so we've had Aperol spritz before, um, and this is something I saw come up on Instagram, and I don't know if I saw it or someone sent it to me actually. But this is if you don't love an Aperol spritz, but you still want to be a spritz person. So this is the limoncello spritz. I'm excited to try um, it. And it's one mm-hmm. part limoncello, two parts Pinot Grigio, and then you top it off with your desired mm-hmm. Pinot or Prosecco. Um, and That's I refreshing. Ice balls. So. Very good. She did make ice balls. Super fancy for the guest. <laughs> I feel so special. It um, is delicious. Our mixologist at yes. her best. So mm-hmm. It's actually Yum. very refreshing. I do like an Aperol spritz, but I feel like I can only drink one of them. Me too. I mean, it's a sipping drink, you know, to me. You it has just a sip, very sip, sip. Dedicated aftertaste. Yeah. It can be, you can really outdo the Aperol. Ooh, just a little bit of Aperol goes a long way. Um, this is so refreshing. Yes. I do like very refreshing. Yes. Yes, this Very is much lighter. Mm-hmm. With just a little lemon flavor. I love that, Sarah. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about you. So, I'm Sarah Cornwell. I am a mom of two. I have Lincoln, who's seven, Kinley, who's five. I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I work for our hospital system here in Albany. So, I work for Phoebe Putney Memorial Hospital, and I um, run their internal EAP, so their employee assistance program. Um, so I do individual and family therapy um, for all for about five thousand employees. <laughs> I was about to say it's system. Their dependents and spouses. <laughs> um, now, not everyone may actually come and sit on my couch, right, right. but everyone gets six free sessions a year, which is awesome um, so for their emotional and mental well-being. And um, I get to do some education and in services and things like that too. And I just love, I guess, listening and talking with people. People are interesting. People are never boring. Um, if only yeah, my... I like the movies. Like, they legitimately lay on the couch, and you sit there with a clipboard, and you put on some glasses, and you have, like, your sharpened pencil. So, it's legitimately, like like I do have I do have my pens. I do yes. have my pad of paper or a clipboard. Um, and I do actually, as cliche as it sounds, I do have a couch. I also have other chairs. And it's kind of funny, because oftentimes that first session... 
you can tell when people walk in, they kind of look like between the chairs and the couch, like, <laughs> is this a test? You know, um, and, and I, I always just tell them wherever you're comfortable. And it's funny, though, because I have other clients that come in and they definitely make themselves comfortable. You know, they're moving pillows. They're, they have pillows <laughs> in their laps, which I love. Like, I yes. want people to feel comfortable. Um, but it is kind of funny because I'm, I always tell people it's not a test. Like, you, you could sit wherever, no whatever, lo- <laughs> right, what, whatever looks most comfortable to you, you you're good to go. Um but yes, uh, yeah, we just try to make it and as I, warm and yes. comfortable as possible. And you have you've really built that department. So I worked Thank with you, you yes. at the same organization. <laughs> yes, and so um, and I've been there a long time. And EAP really had a stigma to it that I feel like mm. you really created an environment and a culture that changed that. So you allow you. people to feel more confident and, and comfortable going to see you versus, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I don't need to do that. I don't want people to know. You yes. really did such a good job. And I know that wasn't easy. Well, yes. Yeah, so mental health, unfortunately, or just like behavioral health has a stigma, right? Yeah. Um, internally, externally. Um, yeah. But the reality is we all go through trauma or crises in our life. Um, not everyone goes through things in life where you may have a diagnosable, you know, um, where you're going, hey, I'm clinically depressed. Um, But we all have, those are normal emotions that everyone experiences. It's really interesting. Obviously, I would have not wished COVID upon our community or our hospital, or really just anyone. However, I think COVID actually offered an opportunity really for growth with EAP. One, because I think people um, felt I think that they felt vulnerable enough they to did. actually yeah. seek help. Um, and I think when they sought help then, they're more likely to seek help in the future. I think also it gave me an opportunity. We all had roles outside of our typical roles. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, I was helping our chaplain run iPads in yeah. COVID patient rooms and it, specifically our uh, critical care units. And so we were trying to do things to help support nurses, but clinical but not in the medical sense not in that sense and so we were trying to provide support in a non-traditional ways and I think people being able to see us kind of outside of our normal realm made them also more comfortable to maybe like come in and talk to us and also kind of put faces with names or I guess at the time it was probably more masks um with with names (laughs) and and, and your yes and perceptions but um I think that that breaks barriers too and and I tell people that all the time I'm like Therapies oftentimes utilized as like a last resort. Um, and but I tell people, you know, I, I love it to be more proactive. Mm-hmm. And I, I ask people or challenge people all the time. Give me one session um, just because you're coming for one doesn't mean you have to come for all six, but come for one. And if you come for one, I'm hoping that you leave the office better yeah. and people's better looks different for each person. But I would say that most people, what's really cool is when you have people that are willing to come and I usually assume no news is good news. So if you're not in my office, I'm assuming life is fine and dandy. Um, but it's always, <laughs> but exactly. it's, amen, right? Um, it's not full moon, right? Um, and so, but I'm also grateful when people are willing to come back, right? Um, and, and are willing to reach back out. Uh, we all need support systems. Mm-hmm. And, and a therapist is not going to be it for everyone. But sure. um, for some of us, we, we need yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Did you great. always know that, 
No, <laughs> not by me. Um, so it's funny. Um, I thought that I wanted to be a primatologist. I wanted to be the next Jane Goodall. Um, and what? yes, I wanted to work with chimpanzees. No joke. Um, I, that is still on my bucket list. Before I die, I will wow. go to Africa and see chimps in their natural habitat. But um, like I took primatology courses even at Georgia um, as part of my psych courses. But I thought I wanted to do be a veterinarian, actually. I thought I wanted realistically because I loved primates, but I thought, sure. okay, am I going to really relocate myself to Africa? Probably not. <laughs> like, I love my family. Like, I don't want to be a plane, that kind of plane right away. <laughs> right. Um, and so, um, I thought I'd be a veterinarian. Well, I realized very quickly working at a vet's office for about four or five years, like in high school and, you know, uh, undergrad that it was great, but it was very monotonous. Um, and so I switched, I guess, basically from animals to people um, <laughs> because people are not monotonous. Everybody is different and has their own story. Um, and so I, I switched uh, my very freshman year. I took my first psych course and honestly just kind of fell in love with it. And then, you know, stuck out with psych for undergrad and then went back and got my master's in social work and then pursued my licensure. So and haven't looked back. Love it. So last week we talked about um, a speaker that April and I saw at the yeah. Ramsey Conference, John yeah. Belongi. Ah, okay, um, yes. And his whole presentation that he gave was on anxiety and all the factors that are in our lives now that are supposedly mm-hmm. supposed to be making our lives easier and better, social media, constant connection yes. by technology that are in turn making it worse. Because right. you're continuously in that fight or flight mode almost. Yes. It's, your body constantly feels like it's being chased by a tiger. Mm-hmm. So what is kind of your step-by-step process when someone comes in to deal with anxiety? Kind of what are your recommendations? Is that the most popular thing that you see, really? Yeah. So I would say depression and anxiety are probably the most common things that you see or people people come in for. And and I think even if they're coming in for other just like basic crises in life or stressors, oftentimes those are the symptoms that people are coming in with. Mm-hmm. Um and I I like to stick to the basics. So with no matter what symptoms you're coming in with, I like to go back to how are you eating, sleeping, coping. Because oftentimes one or all three of those things are off. So, you know, we live in a society where most of us on average, if we're being, I mean, as adults, most people are getting five or six hours of sleep a night, which is really not enough to sustain you, not long term. Um, most Americans get only one meal a day. I know in healthcare mm-hmm. that that's really it. Like mm-hmm. I, I get hangry if I don't have at least two meals a day mm-hmm. and maybe a snack. Um, so <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mm. That is true because summertime and the, like appetizer <laughs> time or yeah. when it's college football time, yes. you just kind of eat consistently Snack all day. day um, but that's better because, again, one meal does not is not enough to sustain right. you or fulfill yeah. you or to fuel your body with what it needs. I mean, it's in this constant fight or flight um, and then coping. And it's interesting because we need to feel comfortable being surrounded by support systems and supported by others. But we also need to be comfortable, honestly, not in isolation, but being on our own. And so many people are not comfortable doing things for themselves or by themselves. Um, and, and so it's finding a balance. Mm-hmm. Maybe balance isn't the right word. I, I almost 
balance is not meant to be a negative word, but I'm like, what is balance? I know, what is balance? But yes, somebody yes. recently said, you know, flow, like this healthy flow between, you That's know, your good, personal yeah. and professional. Um, and so I think it's like finding your flow. And if you're always doing things with others, it's great that you have those support systems and things. But, you know, are you comfortable doing some of those things on your own? And if you're not comfortable doing those things on your own, you know, why not? Um, and I think sometimes we, we have to sit in that, too. Not everyone wants to grow, though, either. And so mm. it's interesting. So when I have clients come in, again, no matter what they're coming in for, usually every that first session, I always like to ask, you know, if you were to wake up tomorrow and tomorrow was not perfect, but better, what does better look like to you? And that usually lets me know we, where they want to be headed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, again, is that is that sleep? Is that connection? Mm-hmm. Is that growth? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's a wrong answer to that. But what I may think is someone's better may not be their better. That's right. And so, again, it's kind of meeting your clients, you know, where they're at. And I think we can do that with our friends, with our families. You know, I mean, you know, what does that look like to you? Um, and really listening to that. When you say um, it's good to be able to deal with things on your own, that's funny because I was just talking to someone the other day. I don't remember who it was about um, eating by yourself mm-hmm. and people that are not able to go have a meal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I, I would probably struggle really? a little. I'd probably struggle by myself eating a meal out in public. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Not that I'm I, I, you know, you know what? I, I think my, we're going to psychoanalyze you. I think people, this is my thing. People's probably looking at me and judging me. That's my first thought. Okay. Why am I alone? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I don't know so, what that might, why that's where my mind goes, and, but and, and not is. psychoanalyzing you, but I would, I think also, that's probably the surface level, right? Is yes. are people judging or looking at me? We're then meeting I w- then, next week. Then, before. I'm just getting out. And, and whatever then, day she then can. I would <laughs> peel that back a little bit more. But I wonder if that taps into you for you like a faulty core belief. So a lot of us have faulty core beliefs. This does not rule our entire lives, but it, it's it's like an Instagram filter. So, mm-hmm. you know, like common ones, I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. not worthy, not lovable. Uh, I mean, the list is endless, but like not good enough is a really, really common one, right? And and that may not be your faulty core belief, but sometimes I wonder if that's actually what drives like the yeah. negative thinking patterns. Yes. Um, you know, so like with a not good enough, if I had come in today and you guys had said, Oh my gosh, you wore, you know, the blue rather than the red. If I have that faulty core belief of not good enough, rather than hearing, you just stated a fact. <laughs> I, I, I hear that as Oh, they only like me in blue. You mean uh, they, they they don't like me unless I'm in red, or they don't like. I mean, and and you yeah. can spiral with that very, yes. very, very quickly. And I think yes. a lot of people that's happening internally, and we have no, we, we don't really have the wherewithal to even have the realization that that's happening. Um, but no, I I think actually a lot of people are not not comfortable with themselves, and and I think actually again bringing up COVID, I think that, that for a lot of people they realize that as well, right? Because yeah. A lot of us, at least in this community, we, we, we did we were very isolated. And I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that was really uncomfortable. And I think some people grew from that in, in healthy ways. And I think some people maybe grew in, in unhealthy ways. Yeah, I agree. That. I think on our self-care facility, yes. we have to yes, figure out what we did. works for you. And That's right. Being alone yes. does not necessarily work for me. That doesn't make me feel That's right. relaxed. or Now, I can be by myself. Yes. I have had meals by myself. Uh, you know, I had a job where I did outside sales and had to travel. And yes. I was alone at the Cracker Barrel. 
you know, eating yeah. lunch is the only place where she, and the, the, but the waitress did ask me, you know, why are you eating by yourself? <laughs> oh. I'm like, well, because I don't know. Because I'm right. Doing that. Food. <laughs> I was fine up until that question. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. I don't know. Why I don't know. Why I don't know. No other me well, and so I also wonder if for you, so a lot of us in healthcare, we're helpers givers by nature. And helpers givers, we really thrive off of being around others, right? Like yeah. we, we like to pour into others. So when mm-hmm. we're just by ourselves, oftentimes we, we can feel not enough or not sufficient because we always kind of have to be doing something or yeah. pouring into someone. And so I also wonder if that might be it for you is that um, it's not as comfortable pouring into ourselves. Like we can feel very selfish for doing that. Is this my yes. the car wash, not the coffee shop? Maybe so, because I'm by myself. I'm not, okay. yeah. but it's still so productive. I go to the car wash. Yes, just to get my. Yeah, yeah. April goes, I go to the oh, car wash. Yes. Look at unpeeling this onion. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Here we are. Well, because wow. if I'm being completely honest, I mean, believe me, probably most days I need to be on my own couch. Um, <laughs> truly. But I think the other piece of that is, is that. We all we all have our stuff, right? Um, and sometimes we can hide that or mask that better than others. Um, but I think also, like as much as I love pouring into others, about once or twice a month, I have days where I'm like, I want no one to know my name. I want uh, no one to need me yeah. or want me. And yeah. and I love my friends. I love my, family. but like it's like I want to kind of crawl in a hole or a shell. Yes. And again, I think that that's goes back to a lot of times. I'm not doing the self-care that I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm either not right. doing that well, or maybe it was just a really like stressful week. Um, but that usually is my indication of like, when I, when I start feeling that way, okay, what's off right. <laughs> and, and what do I need to tap into? Uh, you know, what am I in control of? What am I not in control of? Um, because I, I may not be in direct control of my sleep, but am I going to bed at midnight or am I going to bed at, you know, 10 p.m.? Right. Am yes. I, um, again, did I eat a meal? Did I like sit down and actually do something for myself? Um, those things maintain your sanity. It's not rainbows and sunshine. Like I wish I could <laughs> obliterate all stress. Like if it was as easy as an on off switch, we would all do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we could be we could be better at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we both are a fan of the Bobby Bomb Show. Yes. We love Bobby Bomb Show. Yes, Bobby Bomb we song. do. And Amy, that's on the Bobby Bomb Show, they started this whole Pimp of Joy campaign when her mom was diagnosed with cancer and she always would say, choose joy. Yes. Mm. Um, despite her circumstance. Right. To choose joy. And I truly do believe that happiness is a choice. Yes. yes. It's a practice. Yes. Oh, yes. 100%. It's definitely a practice to find the joy. Yes. Almost like a mantra. Yes. Yes. So how do you encourage your clients that come in on that spiral to try to make that shift and make that choice? So I'm big on affirmations. Um, so almost kind of like gratitude. Right. And I think gratitude is important. But oftentimes when we have something, when, when life feels negative or heavy, it feels like it outweighs all of the positives. Mm-hmm. Rarely is that truly the case. Now, I mean, there are some extreme cases yes. where truly you're going, okay, there's not really much going on right here, right? But affirmations are important because um, I may wake up that day and my life is in shambles, but I need to also go back to the the truths or the things that I do know, right? Like I am a mom. Mm-hmm. I am a therapist. Now, there are days that I feel like I'm a better therapist or I'm a better mom than mm-hmm. other days. 
But those are those are truly truths and affirmations about myself. And so I think it's also tapping into I don't always know. There's a lot of things that I know that I want to grow or get better at. But there are some things that honestly, I do a pretty darn good job with. Mm -hmm. And I need to also tap into that. Um, An exercise that I do with a lot of clients is um, I'll tell them, um, find two or three people in your life that you're really that you know well, that like love you, care about you, Mm -hmm. that you trust and you ask them to write out the things that they like about you, that they like or love about you. Oh, well, and so here's, well, and I'll be honest with you. So, you know, this, Sarah's turn. Yes. so this exercise does a couple of things. So what it does is what on that list are you comfortable with? What on that list are you not comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Right. And you're asking at least two people. It's great if you can get three. Um, and here's why, because if everyone says, Sarah makes me laugh and you go, okay, like I feel pretty confident right that with that, right? But there may be something on that list that you hear and you go, well, three people said that or two people said that, but I don't know why, but like, I don't really believe that, right? And that usually goes back to those faulty core beliefs. Right. And so again, I think, you know, what, what are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? And why aren't you comfortable with it? Right. Because again, these are people that know you. We didn't ask, you know, 10 strangers mm-hmm. at Walmart. Right. Um, right. You, why don't you believe that about yourself? Another thing I like to challenge clients with, too, is, you know, giving each other grace and love. I'm really big on grace because I'll be real honest with you. Like, I, I want that in return. Just because I give that, I realize I'm not going to always get that in return. But I, I do believe kindness, politeness, respect, like those things are earned and, and you do need to get it to receive it. Um, and it's just interesting because a lot of the world does not operate that way. And but we can be really unkind to ourselves. And I'll tell clients, okay, so if that was your best friend, what would you tell them? And and, and if you would tell them that, why are you why can't you take that own advice? Right. Mm-hmm. Like why are you not applying like right. you need to be applying That's this to right. your life right now? Like why are we not doing that? Because we're quick to tell our friends, oh don't put up with that or don't do that or change that. Yes. But then we're that we do. Doors mm-hmm. doors Yes. And I think sometimes it's like creating boundaries for ourselves, right? Like, again, if is that I need to have boundaries on social media of what I'm following, right? Mm -hmm. Again, if I know certain things are triggers to me, okay, Mm -hmm. then why am I allowing, like, why am I making myself vulnerable to that? Mm -hmm. I can easily block that, right? Right. Like, whatever those things may be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when Hannah came on, she, um, when you, because you said a lot of times it comes down to diet, sleep yeah. and you know what you're doing outside of the norm yes um she talked about getting sunlight mm-hmm. exercise and Huge. the trigger that that happens you know does for your mental health yes um now and correct me if i'm wrong as a licensed clinical social worker you don't write prescriptions that is correct so your recommendations are almost on a functional medicine level correct you're right you're trying to treat the root cause Correct. Versus masking it with a prescription. Correct. What's your um, opinion, and I, I know because I know you personally, on what exercise does for you? Like how that helps you? Yes. So I, I strongly believe in exercise. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. So I'm, I'm, I am an LCSW, but I'm also trained or certified in something called EMDR. So EMDR is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Um and what that is, it sounds really hocus pocusy, but it's you're utilizing bilateral stimulation while you're processing a trauma or a crisis. 
the reason I bring this up is bilateral stimulation, we do an exercise, right? Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. So exercise is not only just physically, um, you know, beneficial for you, but in a lot of cases, it's actually emotionally and mentally can be really therapeutic for a lot of people. And so, and not every exercise is necessary, but like running, swimming, walking. Um, And so, and I also do believe in that outdoor time. Um, Even if you're not an out. She was, yeah. Well, so at the beginning of this year, um, I did a challenge called 75 Hard. And in that challenge, you're challenged to do two 45-minute activities. Mm -hmm. So activities, they don't have to necessarily be workouts. One of the activities had to be outdoors. And I will tell you. Rain or shine, right? Yes, rain or shine. And there were a couple of times I was out there in my rain jacket, like no joke. (laughs) Like, I mean, believe me. Yeah, we we had an accountability group, which was really helpful. But it made a world of a difference. And I'll be really honest with you. I am actually really missing that time. And if it was not walking out into an oven right now, because most (laughs) now I'm kind of I'm accustomed to kind of utilizing my lunch hour rather than just running errands and things to utilize that time to go outside, Mm -hmm. go read, listen to a podcast, listen to music, whatever that may be. Um, But being outdoors is, I think, essential. And I I think also, you know, we have this attitude of, well, I'm going to lose weight before I go to the gym or I'm going to and it's like start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had there are days that I would love to have an hour to go to the gym. That is not my reality most days. So I've also had to obtain the attitude of Sarah, you got 10 minutes. What can you do 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's exercise or just life, because I've spent so much of my time with poor time management sitting there. What am I going to do with this 10 minutes? And then at the end of the day, I don't feel productive. Whereas if I spent 10 minutes, you know, at least I got a 10 minute walk in, or at least you had 10 minutes to yourself to listen to your audio book or whatever that may be. Um, And I'm just really big on growth. And I think that that's also just like the season of life I'm in. But growth is just so important to me. Um, I think sometimes when we're too comfortable, we get stuck. And I see so many people that are surviving. And I want you to survive. But why are are you just surviving when you could be thriving? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, and there's a big difference between surviving and thriving. Yes. And and we should have seasons. We should have days where you're in survival mode. But you do. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to willingly stay stuck there right yeah um so I, I think also we have to sometimes ask ourselves okay like was today a survival day a thriving day like and what made that difference and step one is being unstuck if i make the right if i right if i recognize that i'm stuck and i say yeah. okay i'm stuck i need to do something to come out of this what is step one one small consistent change so mm-hmm. um you know again if i'm we'll just use exercise as, as an example because that's very easy right if I'm not used to exercising, but I want to start exercising, mm-hmm. is that tomorrow I'm going to start stretching? Is that a five minute walk? But I don't need to go and run out, run the marathon like yes, that. That. Yeah. But what we tend to do is we tend to overcompensate. Yes. Yes. And then you know, if I was in the gym for an hour when I've not been in the gym for you know three years, <laughs> I'm going to be so sore. Like I'm not going to be functional. Right. Mm-hmm. But also consistency is key. Consistency is huge. So it's finding something even again if that's 10 or 15 minutes two or three times a week what are you doing with it because what i find whether that's exercise whether again that's a coping skill extra sleep you start to find oh you know i'm benefiting from that and you're more likely to stick with it but i think consistency 
I don't, I mean, honestly, I think as Americans, we're not really, we're not really good at consistency, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or, or having a small goal. You know, yes. Hannah said it too. Like it was a small goal. Pull down your shoes, get out the door. Yes. And if that is the first step for you, then yes. that's the first step. And that's a success, Truly. right? Yes. And, and again, that's growth. That's better yeah, than what you right. did yesterday. That's I mean, right. I, I tell people all the time, I CrossFit, but you're not going to see me at the CrossFit games by any means. <laughs> um, but you'll hear me say after a lot of classes, well, you know, it's better than me sitting on the couch, right? Like yes. I, I didn't sit on the couch. Yes. Um Again, I'm, I'm not going to the games. Did I, you know, was I able to complete every rep or things? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Right. But I at least did something. Right. I'm not That's just right. sitting there um, doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so good. What do you think is the most important thing when you're looking for a therapist? Like if I'm trying to mm-hmm. match because I yes. have a therapy, I think it's great. I think yeah. there's been seasons of my life where I have utilized therapy. Yes. Well, again, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Step one in, in finding the person that you match with. Like, what do you, what are the good characteristics of a good therapy relationship? I think you have to find someone that is a good listener. I think personality wise, you have to find a good fit there too. So, um, with women in particular, but like even with men, it's like shopping for a primary care physician, your PCP or your OBGYN. Um, you need to have somebody that you feel like you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> well, and, and, and you'll be surprised. So like even in those, and I usually will say, give a therapist maybe two or three sessions, mm-hmm. but you should know in two or three sessions if that's probably a good fit or not. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on your, your, your comfortability, your, your level of comfortableness with therapy in general will probably also influence that. Right. But that's mm-hmm. why I say maybe two or three sessions, but in two or three sessions, you should want to go back because hopefully that person is challenging you in a healthy and in a good way that you're going, Hey, I'm seeing some growth. I'm seeing some positives come from this. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then again, I think you need to ask yourself, okay, is this the best fit for me? Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you do need that. Um, And, and again, sometimes it's kind of like with doctors, that's not that you're doctor shopping, but at the same time, sometimes you need a second opinion. And so if it wasn't a good fit, you need to maybe try someone else out. Yeah. For me, the first time I went, like I thought I was just going to word vomit all of these problems, <laughs> and that person was going to say, "Do X, Y, Z." Correct. You'll be healed. And You'll that, be fine. And that didn't happen. <laughs> they just kept asking me more questions, and I was like, "I've told you all the things. Now tell me what to do." Next. That's right. So, Help me now. So what is the expectation from the other side? Because after going through the process, I learned that they. You have to come up with the answers for yourself, essentially. Correct. And in most cases, I think (laughs) a therapist, we we try to guide you to that, right? Uh I think a lot of people have the answers. They either already have the answers or are getting close to having those answers. Mm -hmm. Um, But truly, right, it it is about you growing because if you're just coming for advice, and some people, that is what they want. Um, And you should hopefully build a rapport where you may be asking for that advice, but ultimately, we want you guys to have to feel empowered to do that on your own. We, we don't go home with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in reality, hopefully we're instilling the skills to where you develop that and can trust in that. Um, I talk to a lot of people about gut instincts. So our gut instincts are not 100 percent, but you have a gut instinct for a reason. When's the last time you've tapped into that? When's the last mm-hmm. time you trusted that? Is there a reason why you don't trust that? Yeah. Right. And so I think, again, again, listen, that when you go for a session, I mean, if for some reason you go, well, I don't know, like, I don't know what was wrong, but it didn't really feel right. Yeah. 
it should feel right. And I will tell you, a good therapist should also be challenging you. Mm-hmm. They should be challenging you, you in, a, in a healthy way, but it shouldn't just be we're going to be best buds and we're just going to you know have fun every session. Like they, they should be challenging you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, um, not to the point where you're so uncomfortable. Sure. Um, but I mean, I've had clients that will even say, you know, always before session, I get a little I may have a little anxiety. Mm. But I usually feel better at the end of session. And, and that's always the goal, right? Like, again, you're leaving better than when you came. But also, if we're doing our job right, there should be a little uncomfortableness because hopefully you're you're, you're growing from whatever that is. If you're yeah. coming to me and you're leaving the exact same, then I did not do my job. Right. You right. just wasted your time and money. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I want to, well, Dudley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell us about Dudley and how Dudley came about. Okay, so Dudley is the children's <laughs> book that I wrote back in 2020. Um, so this was, a, I guess, a COVID project that I didn't know that I, I wanted or needed. Um, and honestly, as cliche as that sounds, but God just kind of laid that idea on my heart, kind of you know sat on it, wrote the book, kept it for about two years, didn't really do anything with it. Um, and Dudley is my um, mom's maiden name. Um, and so, uh, and recently my grandmother passed, um, on my mom's side and, but so that name just, you know, means more to us than just, just a name. Um, but have worked on it in this past year, illustrating it, getting it kind of into fruition. And so the next steps are hopefully self-publishing it. Um, and it's just a bucket list item. Um, I am not expecting to be some, you know, New York bestseller, but I love to read. Um, and the book is about kind of helping kids kind of discover um, feelings, you know, and, and what that is and, and that all feelings are normal. I think we live in a society where we're just constantly chasing happiness. Um, and I want people to feel happy. But the reality mm-hmm. is it's normal to feel sometimes sad it's normal to sometimes be angry and um and i think that's important for for my kids right like i want them to be happy but i want them to also realize that um negative emotions can also be normal it's kind of what we do with them um but it's important that we don't just repress everything right right? um honestly those are the people that end up in 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 my office right we would just repress repress Mm -hmm. to it to an extent to where we all get to the end of our fuse um and so I, i am hoping that it it can make be maybe make a positive impact on on some others, but uh, just a bucket list item that I'm I'm proud of to be able to say, hey, this was something that I really wanted to do, and if if for no one else, at least for myself, well, it's so good. In their perspective, yeah. Um, yes. Not, I mean, not to give it away, but I did have the pleasure of being one of the people, mm-hmm. it, and when it talks about, I feel like I've got army men in my stomach, like mm-hmm. to put it on a kid's level, like it just, I think it's gonna be great. You are gonna be one of the people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. No, but um, I, I am excited about it. And I think that that's it is um, there are a lot of things that my my clients will will experience in life that I will never experience. And, and to be honest, I really hope to not experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's important is that if we have difficult things happen in our lives, it, it's, it's OK to not feel normal. It's OK to feel the abnormal or the negative emotions yeah. uh, to, to normalize that. Right. I mean, um because again, sometimes we're experiencing things in life and no, you shouldn't feel rainbows and sunshine. And, and honestly, that would concern or worry me if you were, yes, right? Um, yes. And so it, it's normal to have that, but right, let's not stay stuck in that. Again, right. how do we get out of that? And how do you do that long term? Or if you get back to that, you know, um, how do you get back out of that? Right. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So good, Sarah. Thank you guys for having me. So amazing. All right. So self-care, 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 self-care is Time. huge. Yes. Again, challenge yourself twice a week. Find what's something your, for yeah, 10 or 15. Um, well, I have a couple. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love, I love music mm. and I love a book, a good book or audio book. And then honestly, exercise is probably th- those three things are some of my biggest. Oh, I, no, I do. I, I do. I, I do love a hot bath, especially if there's the jets in Whirlpool. Bath. Yes. I mean, honestly, sometimes I am. Sometimes it's the music. It's the, I got my ear, AirPods in. Yes. Um, and, and honestly, also just really time with friends and family. Um, as much as I love pouring into others, like I will be honest with you, I would have not made it thus far in life without my village. And I'm so grateful for my village because my village is really, really good to me and they really pour a lot into me. Um, and I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we imagine. are. We're, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Yes. All right. So good. One to five. How do you rate your cocktail? Yeah. Oh, I, I give this a five. Oh, nice. I think this is Me good. Too. Five. Yes, legit. This is like yeah. this what is your you summer. Summer sunshine. Oh, yes. Good job, Sarah. I know. Ooh. It's time. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks yes. for holding out. I know. For me. Right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Don't forget to follow The Chaos on Instagram at enjoythechaospodcast underscore 22. Facebook, Enjoy the Chaos with April and Sarah. YouTube, Enjoy the Chaos with April and Sarah. And don't forget to follow the blogs on the website at www.enjoythechaospodcast.org. 